This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za. And yes, this is the program where we speak and give you hope and wisdom and knowledge when real life happens in the family. And we discuss relevant and often unspoken issues in the family, in truth and in love. But with God, we can rise to restoration and rise above all together as a family. And yes, this afternoon we've got Charlotte Pesadnert. Um, yes, she's Wonder Woman as far as I'm concerned, but as a, as she's a social psychologist, a businesswoman of note in the travel and property industry. But at the same time, her organization is called Women for Africa Organization and Travel. And yes, we have a very interesting topic this afternoon. Um, we see so so many MPOs and NGOs and organizations popping up and with great intention, but they seem to not have much um, impact and effect in the communities. But we're going to discuss that, and this is not negative. This is not negative on the MPOs and the NGOs out there. But we are really going to highlight about the relationship between these organizations and the social issues. And there are so many programs out there. But the social issues sometimes absolutely give us such a bad um, a response that this, you know, the relationships break. So Charlotte, thank you so much for joining us this afternoon. And I'm really excited to have you on this because this is such an important topic that we need to address. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you, Renee. Yes, it is important. Um, a couple of years ago, we obviously, um, some of the students, um, a couple of students, decided that we would work in certain areas and we chose an area that was um, one of the top 40 crime-ridden areas in the country. Mm. So we thought that would be a good place to start because we thought that there was like really a big need there. And when we got there, we saw that there was already a lot of um, NGOs and NPOs already operating. They had multiple faith-based organizations there was a police station that was um, on 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 you know in the community. So and and everybody sort of we all felt that you know why in spite of all these organisations I mean there were over eighty registered organisations in a very small area and why is this not actually being effective in the way that you know there should be change. And um, yes. so we decided that um, to do a thesis on that to try and explore what, how effective is the NPOs and NGOs and the um, faith-based organisations, and why are they not being as effective? Because everybody and as you and we used a mixed um, approach where we did we did research, we did interviews, we went grassroots, we went to the public, we went to the organisations. We um, and um, and yeah, and we decided that you know we did everything we put it together, and we came out with the um, sad realization that in spite of all the um, NGOs there, you know it supported our our, our hypothesis mm. that they were not being effective in the community 
and um, yes. why was that not happening? Absolutely. So, yeah, so that was our main, um, um, the main, re- um, you know, approach that we went on, and um, yeah, and so you know, and the data showed very much that obviously this, um, the NPOs had sort of issues, had sort of um, problems as well internally as well as um, externally. And that's what our thesis mainly um, was contended of. But we have to take a break right now. I'm going to continue this conversation because this is now the essential part, which I don't want to lose our momentum on. So we're going to take a quick break. Uh, We will join you straight after this. You are tuned to Radio Cape Pulpit on 7 to 9 a.m. and Radio Pulpit 657 a.m. Radio that cares 24 hours a day. Thank you so much for joining us this afternoon and welcome back. And yes, we have a very interesting guest on my program this afternoon. Her name is Charlotte Pesednet and she's a social psychologist. And her and a, and, and a team of uh, social psychologists did some research on the fact that, you know, why are there so many nonprofit organizations and NGOs out there established in the communities, but yet the programs and the social issues don't seem to uh, come to any form of effectiveness. And this is not knocking any organization and not, uh, you know, defaming anybody in the process, but literally understanding why are things not working and what do you think is the main um, issues and the challenges these organizations are experiencing and why? Well, first of all, I've, you know, from the, what we sort of, our data showed us was that um, obviously the main hindrance to the production of the NPOs was a lack of funding. You know, clearly yes. it's always an issue. But we also found that there are many um, NPOs, NGOs that have very good intentions and their heart is in the right place. Absolutely. Absolutely. And they're wanting to make changes, but they themselves are lacking poor leadership and infrastructure. Um, like I said, there's over 80 um, um, NGOs registered in this small area and um, yet, and a lot of on, on different kinds of level of size levels. Um, some are like biggish uh, organisations, and then there were obviously the more individual, smaller based in, um, organisations. And they themselves were obviously from the um, organisation, uh, from the area as well. And um, so they were they were very limited by the their funding, their own. Um, you know, the own infrastructure and, you know, a lack of leadership because, you know, to run an NGO or NPO, it is actually a business. It's really, it is a charity, but it's also a business. And um, so their heart's in the right place, but they lack, um, they're not, not equipped to actually run an NGO from the business side of it, which is mm-hmm. always important as well, you know. Yes. And um, that was, the, and then also, because a lot of them come from the community, there's a lack of a lot of trust between the um, community and them as well. So they were limited by that as well. Um, they found that um, because people knew them, they knew their own struggles, there was a, a bit of a trust issue, what, what we, um, we found as well. And even with the bigger organizations as well, there's been um, a lot of these, you know, 
we found basically a very traumatized um, community. And um, as a result, that had loads of um, NGOs and NPOs coming in, but because of lack of sustainability, they leave. So there's a lack of trust and buy-in from the community as well, mm, because mm. they just feel that you know, yeah, they come in and then they go like a year later or six months later, and then they, they don't stay. And they lose they their momentum and they lose their impact they in the, the importation and, and the effectiveness. And people are struggling and, 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 and it's heartbreaking because, like I said, the intentions are there, but there's no lack of leadership program, um, you know, and uh, implementation you know, and ex- implementation mm. and things like that. So, and of course, the the, the lack of resources, the lack, a lack of accessibility to resources as well, was what um, was also a big issue as well. And um, yeah, so that was one of our those those were sort of the three main areas that we found that that really hindered the actual organisations was funding, buying from the community and trust, and obviously, um, you know, their the own personal struggles and their own um, limited resource, um, personal, personal equipped, how, how equipped they are. Mm-hmm. And so do you, do you think the NGOs and the MPOs come in with an expectation and, and they cannot sustain themselves because of finances or not being well-trained or not ready for what they're facing? Do they know the people? Do they know the areas? Do they know the, the narrative, the behavior of the areas? And, uh, you know, thinking that, you know, because obviously, and this is, again, we're not, we're not criticizing or judging any um, organization that wants to step out not and come all, and do the help. But these are reality facts. And, you know, a lot of overseas company uh, countries want to come in and send volunteers and then they know nothing about our world. And uh, do you find that when when you did this, um, you know, exploration and research that was there was a huge gap between um, the community and the organizations? Yes, because the thing that also I'm bearing in mind is the focus of construction of the community. A lot of these um, communities are very tight-knit. So um, they're not very keen or it's not always that, it's not always, there's a trust issue as well. They don't want their personal business to be, um, to be, to be, uh, to be leaked out. And they, and they had experiences where the people in organizations, because they're from the local, Will come and then will come to they'll come to the organisation for help and then they, their information gets um, gets leaked out to the communities and it's a very small community as well so um, you know it is a um, you know it is something that is one of the barriers to actual um, to to them getting in a, a buy in as well mm. and yeah so and also found there were a lot of like faith based. Um, in um, organizations that were also involved, and we found that there was a really a lack of um, collaboration between the organizations because everybody comes in and they, and because of the funding and because of the nature of their business, they tend to want, not want to network with each other and um, they end not up interacting. Yeah, not. and they're being isolated, exactly, they get isolated and. Um, and they struggle on their own. They don't work together and brainstorm as a community. 
between mm. all the um, between the um, all the stakeholders in the community. Yes, yes, so, and 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 you know, obviously, the social issues are so dominant and so overwhelming and overpowering. Uh, do you feel that possibly the organisations feel like they're just a drop in the ocean, and and can't sort of manage all the the the, the magnitude of the the issues that are there, and because it's just compounding, and you feel like you're like you're not making any impact. Well, that is also a big, we found that as well in our studies was that there definitely was a complacency and a place where people really have lost hope. They mm. can't see themselves ever really getting out of the situation. There's no real belief that I can leave this life. Yes. So um, they're very, they're, that, that, that complacency, that, that acceptance of the um, environment and what it is, it's their community. Some of them have grown up in that community. That's all they know. And um, as a result, they, um, you know, they, there isn't a sort of a hope and a role model. And also, there's, there's, it's a generational thing as well. Their families have been, um, um, you know, been living like this for years. And there's no, they can't see that, the, that it can change. Yes, and uh, that is fully understandable because, you know, I, I, I also see here, you know, you just I listened to your document, uh, you know, went through some of your your studies, and you know, the fact is that, uh, you know, you lose track on, you know, there's a desensitized uh, attitude towards what is actually happening in the in the community, and as you say, you know, you can, you know, the, you cannot force a horse to, you know, to drink water. Um, but at the same time, you cannot, uh, you know, force somebody to come and get the help that they need. Do they know that they need the help even? Exactly, because like I said, it's here. And, and a lot of it is restricted because, they, you know, for, even for the young people, you know, they, their parents and that don't want to, can't because of their own struggles, you know. They yes. don't get involved. They, they're not there to be able to support their children to move to the next level, you know. Mm. So that is something that they found as well. And, um, you know, so that has been like the most um, difficult resistance to, resistance to change is the actual buy-in from the community. And that is because of their loss of hope, their lack of... Um, you know, their own education, abuse in their own family, their own cycles in their family. Mm. So that has been... Mm. So when when you moved started. around to the... So you're saying there's a lot of uh, familiar patterns and an acceptance of behaviour um, that seems to not... That is not normal, but is accepted as norms. Absolutely, absolutely. When it comes to, um, you know, a three-year-old will... Um, you know, we'll see her mom lying in the, in the bleeding while the father hits her, and they, they learn to they just step over and they learn to accept that. But obviously, when we actually go in and we actually work with the children, they are very traumatized. Because mm, they don't um, know how to filter and, it. And they have to, and you can see when we, when we, um, when we um, do that counseling that, you know, they are emotionally disconnected. And, um, and that also makes, obviously, traumatized children make are more vulnerable for gangsters because that's one of the, the issues that the, the area was is this experience is a high unemployment um, lot a, a very strong a strong um, gangsterism stronghold as well as um, 
you know, poverty. Mm. And the, the and even the police mm. are from those communities. Their families are part of the gangs. I would like us mm, no that, that makes a lot of sense but I would like us to deal with that straight after our break that we're going to have to take now and um, yes I would love to continue this because those I would like us to talk about the, the typical social issues that we are experiencing in these communities that is not just to this area that you're talking about, but it's quite uh, no, it's widespread not, it's not through because, the, because the Western no Cape. To believe that it's an isolated case. It is. It tends to be um, because it's not the only area. It's only area we study on, but it's, it's, it's in, you know we're finding in, in a lot of other areas yes. that we work in as well. Yes. Definitely not an yes. isolated situation. Okay, sure. we're going to address that straight after our our interval. And um, yes, thank you so much for that information. It's just quite quite interesting to hear what is actually happening out there in the communities. We'll be back with you right away. You are listening to Radio Cape Pulpit on 7 to 9 a.m. and Radio Pulpit 657 a.m. The radio with a voice of truth. Good afternoon, family and friends. And yes, we are talking about a very relevant and very serious topic this afternoon. And yes, we all want to make a difference. And we have incredible organizations and MPOs out there that are really wanting to make a difference. And yes, we are not um, actually here to to bring down what is happening with the NGOs and the MPOs, but we are realized that they are having severe challenges in the communities and are really struggling to be effective and have an impact. So we have a social psychologist, Charlotte Pesadnet, on the line here now with us. Um, her and a couple of uh, social psychologist uh, students went and, and, and did some research in a small area. We're not going to mention the area um, where there is huge amounts of challenges and social issues. But we found that the MPOs, uh, they found that the MPOs and the NGOs were really struggling to break in to the, the problems there. So um, Charlotte, if you can just give us the real challenges that these MPOs and NGOs are experiencing, and obviously there's the other side of the communities with the same um, reservations and uh, expectations from these MPOs and NGOs. Okay, so basically with the NPOs are basically, obviously, as I mentioned before, they lack funding, right? So, and lack access to funding as well. So, they, um, their hearts are in the right place. They, um, they see the need. They know there's a need. They want to help, but they themselves have not been to to maybe run a business or maybe have, um, you know, or not um, don't have a sort of an, a, a high standing in the community, and yet, um, and they're wanting to make a change. But the, and, the, but, and then themselves have not been sort of equipped. So that is one of the um, challenges um, that they're experiencing as well. So also, um, you know, is like I mentioned, it's a trust factor between the NPOs and the community. Um, the communities, they know that um, organizations just keep coming in, some of them leave or they just dissipate. So there's a lack of trust that this, that this NPO and um, you know, we've already experienced it ourselves when we went into an area. They're like, "Are you going to stay?" You know, we keep on hearing, this, "Are you going to stay?" And so that is what they, you know, that they are experiencing as well. 
Um, so there's not much buy-in or trust from the community in that regard. And also, um, you know, we find that the NPOs and the faith base there isn't enough um, collaboration between um, the networks, there's enough networking and trust even between the, um, the NPOs and that. There, there also seems to be a um, an isolation. So each work on your own, there isn't a support system for them as well. And that is something that I really think going forward is that if, an, um, you know, if you're wanting to open up a, an NGO, you're wanting to get involved, either join a, an existing um, organization and bring your skill set into that or, you know, try and, you know, take hands. And, and yeah, take hands and, 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 and rather open up in a, in a, um, a collaboration with mm. um, different organizations because there are really some good organizations out there with them, but they're just not breaking through because they're isolated and because of the politics of, um, in, in, the, um, in the community. Yes, yes. And you, so clearly training seems to be the, the issue here. Um, strategy and implementation by the sounds of uh, things that are really, uh, um, you know, the highlights, if I'm listening to the conversation correctly, yes. is that I'm, they're, they're I'm not, in, in, you're not applying what they are getting to, but I do believe that it is again uh, financial and and uh, lack of infrastructure and lack of uh, you know funding that uh, you know delays things from happening. Yes, because yeah, because and to and to understand that the NPO is actually a business, you know, so there also has to be a very good business plan involved as well as a, an action plan and how you're going to implement it. Who are you going to contact to access money? Who are you going to be the person to, um, how are you going to do the actual program? Mm, um, there are many programs it. out there that you can bring in. As we know, there's, um, we, we, what we spoke to many um, in other areas um, of very, um, you know, uh, of NPOs that have very good results. You know, bring those, you know, contact those, find out who they are, bring those programs in of those that are really working. Don't try and invent the wheel. Bring in what's, what's already working into yes, the community. Yes, 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 yes. And on the community side, um, you know, what are what is actually happening in the communities that it seems so widely dysfunctional and detached and desensitized well, and disconnected. Um, it's clearly uh, pockets of things happening all over um, that just seems to be, you know, not making this wheel turn. Well, social construction is obviously in the community, there's poverty. There's um, extreme poverty in some communities. And um, also, um, Gangsterism has got a very strong hold, mm-hmm. and a lack of father figures as well in the community as well. So, it may, when a child is um, um, because they start from a very young age, and also the gangsterism as well. But the gangsters themselves have got um, they, their generations; they've got they're already there for generations as well. So, a child that's wanting to break free from a a family that already been like three or four generations in, in gangster in a gang um, environment is very difficult to break out. So um, we really do need to target our young people with really good, strong mentorship, strong roles, 
giving them something to um, giving them a reason to break free from the the environment that they are in. Yes. So, yes. Yeah. That so makes that is somebody definitely, and obviously, um, you know, it's easier to to actually um, go to a life of crime. It's more profitable than going to do a, um, you know, to do a, a, a day's job. So, yes, and they, but, and they uh, want to get again, once again, the answer. And they're feeding families because sometimes we found that even though this particular community, they were not, they were um, in built up homes, but on the property, they what they call, um, you know, they got, um, you know, families living in um, dwellings on like other dwellings, like four or five families on, the, on a, a plot. So, that in itself is the social issue there as well. Mm. And, and so it's a dysfunction all the way through. Yes, so, so their point of reference they, is very um, minimal and, you know, and they obviously correct, have lost correct, a lot of correct. freedom and human and, rights um, aren't, and, ex, you know, adhered to. Yes, because they don't have the basics. I mean, like the community, only 45% of our homes in our, um, in our community had plumbing. So as you can you can imagine that is something that you know it's it's difficult to live with. It's, it's not an easy life, you know what yes, I mean? So it's and, in um, complete survival mode all the time. My partner, I could not hear you. Complete I'm just saying it's they're in complete uh, uh, survival mode all the time. It's so it's just to get big, through like the day daily. Very desensitized, um definitely a um Disconnected emotionally and stunted in the many areas, and really don't have much hope for their future other than what they are living in. Mm-hmm. And um, they, some of them don't see the way out. But having said that, you know, there are really people in the community that, and some of the students that were on our, on our group, there's um, a few students who are also the colleges who are from that community. Yes. So, um, and they have all the hope in the world. They're there to make a difference, and that's why we actually chose this particular mm. um, community because we happen to take quite a few from here, and so there is hope as well. Yes, but we need to, you know, they really need to be educated. Stronghold, and I think that's the thing that we need to really, with our first action plan, is to actually pray for our communities, honestly, yes. to break those strongholds. Break mm. us, um, you know, to, to, to bring restoration. Praise our first, um, you know, our first part of our action plan. Yes, because yes. Because we all agreed afterwards, where do we start to heal this place, you know? Yes. And we all came to an agreement, prayer is where we start. Praise the Lord. Okay, we're going to quickly take another break. Oh, time flies and it's, <laughs> it's just such a huge Huge, um, impactful, huge task. There were moments that we were really overwhelmed by the whole, um, you know, the state. Like, where do you start? How do you do this? But then yes. we also had to you look have at to start. positive. We had to look at not we the half empty, but the half full glass. Yes. And we had to know that we have a, we have a very um, strong, loving, powerful God that loves each person, and we have to start from that and and look at from that perspective. Otherwise, it can get very disheartening and very, you know, very um, overwhelming. motivating. Yes, but we're going to talk about that and see what suggestions you have and resolutions you have straight after this.
Words of truth and value. Find it on Radio K Pulpit on 729 AM. Good afternoon. Yes, we are talking about a very, very serious topic this afternoon, but very relevant. We need to know what's happening in our communities. And yes, our communities are struggling. Our MPOs are struggling. Our NGOs are struggling. And yes, we all want to make an impact. We all want to make a difference. So yes, we're just asking you to stay tuned with us this afternoon and listen to what we can possibly as as society come and step in and come alongside our MPOs and NGOs to see how we can assist and how we can actually come into unity and let us help each other to help each other. So Charlotte, uh, you went and did some research with some other social psychologists in the, uh, in a certain area, but I think it's an, it's a, a global, uh, you know, internet, a national problem that is happening in the informal settlements and different communities in our areas. So just share with us what, you know, you think could possibly be some suggestions and resolutions of the way forward um, that we can work together so that we can heal our, heal our people. Okay. Well, as I mentioned, the first, as we, can, as we can we can pray for our country, pray for our people, for sure. That's the first line of defense, you know. And, and if you're wanting to, you know, open up a, an NGO, you know, I would just be very aware that um, you know it, that the people that you bring on board that there is a, a business aspect to it as well. You know, it's not only heart. There is actually because we need to build trust with the people that we are going to stay in the in the area. That so therefore there needs to be a very sound business plan and a very sound program. And a very sound information, you know, how to implement the program, and um, and there's a lot of resources out there. So you know, you do not need to be overwhelmed by doing that. And also, I would just definitely encourage that the NPOs and the NGOs get together and actually open up the um, the heart to the other NPOs as a support system. You each of there are different kinds of programs. Um, you know, there's a gardening program. There's um, there are programs for um, you know for education, programs for um, gangsterism, programs for um, prostitution. With all of that, in the, the, the this little village had um, this community had all of those um, very sad issues and they had to addressing them. But as I said, there was not any effective. There was no. Um, you know, um, and single, single parenting, father figures, um, organizations. So, but there wasn't much synchronicity amongst them in the faith based group as well. It's very divided. And, um, so in that case, just to, to, to try and work and bring your skill set together because at the end of the day, we're all working on one project mm. and that is to, to, to get restoration for our people. And, um, and, you know, Together we are better. I know it's a cliche, but together we are better. And um, so, you know, that is something that would definitely encourage us to go with an open heart to network and um, with each other as as community as, as community as well. And also to be aware that, you know, we find as well is that because of the poverty, um, you know, you normally get the volunteers from the community, and 
initially it's you know the people that do volunteer, but they cannot sustain it because yes. they cannot do it for free. You yes. know what I mean? They don't have that those hours to commit to a, a project where there's, where there's no um, stop end or no kind of remuneration. Re- you know, and mm. I mean. I, I know a lot of communities have, like, example, the walking bus. Yes. And what happened was yeah, that was a, big, a successful uh, program because people could come and have a stipend at the end of the mm. um, of the um, at the end of the month, and therefore they will. It's not that they, they do commit. it for the money; they do it because they need to survive. They need they need yes. a living. So mm. to depend on people in, the, in your community to to volunteer. But already poverty is it's not going to be a long-term thing because eventually, even with the garden program, you know, that there was initially, you know, that um, they started all getting, people were getting involved, but as soon as they realized a couple of months later that they're still not getting an income from that, they're getting vegetables or whatever as, to take home, but they're not getting an income and they've got to feed their families. Yes. So, um, you know, so that's something that you need to consider because you do want the community to be involved. But there's going to have to be somewhere in your program some kind of re- re- remuneration because the, um, the communities are not in a position to actually finance what to, to volunteer and not have a, um, a, a an, an income. Yes, it's because impossible. they need to feed their families. They cannot spend three four hours a day volunteering and not be able to feed their families because these are not these are not wealthy. Environments with as it the, is. the husbands working and the wife can do, can do the volunteering all the way around. You know, mm-hmm. they need to bring money into their homes. So that's what was one of the things we found is also not sustainable because when the walking bus, there's only very few in this community are doing it because they're on a, in a position to do it. The others would have liked to be part of it, but they need to go and get a job. They they couldn't do this without a um an income. Okay, I hear you. And so, yes, so there must be a social structure that needs to be a win, a win-win situation, where the community is winning as well as the uh, organisations, and they can feel that they're really making an impact and an impartation in the community and getting things done and going forward instead of taking one step forward and a whole lot of steps backwards because of the financial implications. Of implications, because mm. they're not in a situation to be volunteers. They're really not. Yes, Most yes, of them need yes, an income. Yes, and that yes. is a, a, it's, a, it's very important in, on any program to be aware that there mm-hmm. has to be some kind of remuneration in your, in your business plan for volunteers, and obviously the more more for volunteers, I say volunteers, but for people that you're going to bring into your organisation, because what mm. we also found what happened as well was that because of the lacking of funds, that an organisation can only handle say a lady feeding twenty or thirty people a day, twenty mm. feed twenty thirty people a day, mm. and therefore there are a lot of people that are not getting access on the fringes who are not part of the you know, of who of that organization are mm. not getting the help they need. Mm. So everybody's so, got a wheel that they're wanting to turn, but instead of just taking hands and seeing how they can, uh, you know, uh, work, work together, together with the same purpose together. and the same cause, For if sure. it's enough feeding or if it's uh, clothing or schooling or educating exactly. or um, exactly. counseling or whatever that they 
come together and, yes, in those areas. Can, yes, because and not competition. This is not a competition. No, it's not a competition at all because you all got very different, um, you know, skill sets and a very different mm. hearts. And therefore, they can actually provide a, to working together a whole, um, you know, they could actually build up a, a really holistic, um, you know, program for, for the community. Yes, yes, yes. And obviously, there must be some credibility and transparency and trustworthiness, and you know, which is, I think, is lacking on either side, um, where Mm -hmm. people are really uh, just needing to understand that, uh, you know, they cannot just stand and and wait for something to happen uh, and expect one organization or, you know, that organizations, governments and everybody else needs to sort up, but there needs to be responsibility from the community side as well. Yeah. And also the thing is that, you know, you don't have to, if you want to get involved and do some community work, you don't have to give money, but you can give your skills. Yes. Um, if you are a business person and you've got a business company, your own company, you know, contact them and um, these organizations and say, look, I can offer you business advice. I can give you, let me have a look at your business plan. Let me see how I can give you advice on how to do this. That kind of support is definitely necessary as well. And then mm-hmm. obviously also access, because like a lot of the, the, the community, the organizations are from the community and they don't have access to people necessarily in, uh, um, in, in sort of, in the hard business area, a business community. So, you know, that's also something that, that you can offer as well. Yes. It's just the business yes. advice and, and have a look at their business plan, can help them with putting it together and implementing, keeping accountability and things like that. Mm-hmm. And because once that's in place, you know, and there's a sustainability and these, um, the NPOs can stay and actually grow. Yes, can make and establish and put their roots in. Like mm-hmm. I said, there's an adequate amount of, um, of NGOs in this particular place that we were actually, um, you know, when we did our studies on, there was definitely mm-hmm. an adequate amount of um, NGOs, mm-hmm. but there was not, a, but there's not enough results. Yes, yes, yes. That is that is rather sad to hear. But we have to end the, the session now. And yes, it, uh, this is a very loaded topic and lots yes, to, to deal with. And mm. Because obviously, we'd, you know, I would love to have spoken about the GBV impact, the, the, um, the yes, gangster. Yes, but I, want, I actually want to deal with that as soon as because I… Because that forces us into mm, all the issues, you mm, know, the gangster. Can, can we, can we talk about that in a, sec- a separate program? I really need to. We need to deal with that. Yes, because that's 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 something that's own. Yes, yes, yes. No, that would be great. It would be wonderful to have you back, and we definitely want to deal with that. So, thank you so much for Charlotte and for all your people's uh, research and uh, you know putting putting it together for us because you know we're so busy blaming and sh- and, and blaming yeah. each other and not stepping up together. But there is there is a way out, and we just need yeah. to find it. So, thank you so much for this afternoon, yeah. and thank you for being with us. My absolute pleasure. And if anybody wants to actually see the thesis and see the results, it'll be obviously in a much more, obviously, um, in a much more collated, orderly fashion. They're welcome to contact me if they want to see. Yes, give us, your, about it. give us your details uh, for Women for Africa. Okay, and we can, okay, you can just come to me personally, because I can get on my phone and get back to you immediately. So I'm just going to put Charlotte Bez. 
Mm-hmm. at gmail.com perfect perfect so they can email and you, then you can just come and I think I think any MPOs or NGOs or any community member that is possibly interested like in how they the can results. assist I mean, yeah it's because it, 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 it was quite an eye opening and also I mean, we go into a lot more detail of the issues we go a lot more detail into um, you know what, how we got to our hypothesis okay. and Great. all the issues as okay. well Take care. Great, also, great. Thank you so much. Thanks. Take care. Okay. May the Lord just continuously right. use you mightily for the work of the kingdom and of the love of his land and his people. So we want to say goodbye. Yes, family and friends, go and see how you can put uh, there's no faith if there's no works, if there's no faith. So we need to get working on our faith. So get out there, see what you can do, see how you can come alongside people and organizations that are already established and see what you can do for the future of our nation. So goodbye, be safe, stick to the rules, and we'll see you next week. God bless you. Bye. This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za.